It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name is Brian Black. I'm talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Did you have a good weekend, Brian? I did have a good weekend. And the weather was beautiful. It was beautiful, a little windy. It kind of disturbed uh, some of the things I wanted to do. But uh, yeah, Saturday was morning was pretty cold in the mm, wind. It we, was. We had to go to a kids' football game, and um, and it was yeah, it was pretty frigid out there. I have I have a great great story for you. I think you might enjoy this. So I um, yesterday I'm I'm at my house, and we have a new puppy, right? And okay. uh, the puppy urinates on the couch, and so I clean it up. And I'm not real happy with it. And so I decided to go get the steam cleaner out of the garage. And I, I'm steam cleaning urine out of my couch when there's a knock on the door. And I open the door, and who is standing at the door but a Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman who just happened to walk up while I'm vacuuming urine out of my couch. And he says, <laughs> he says, I will clean any floor in your house or vacuum and deep clean any piece of furniture in your house for free just to show you the Kirby vacuum cleaner system. And I said, no, thank you. I am not interested. And I shut the door and <laughs> would not let him in my house. So you did cleaned it up yourself. I, I cleaned it up myself. But that's just sad. In, in 1965, you would have said, come on in. Here, have a piece of crumb cake. But no, not today. I don't like people knocking on my door. Not, oh, okay. It, just, yeah. Anyway, so that was my weekend. I was cleaning urine out of couches. And, uh, and uh, now we're back. And uh, we've got a lot to discuss today. We're going to talk a little bit about senior planning, the entire process beginning to end, whether it's for you, whether it's for someone you love. What, what do you need to do? Um, you know, we talk a lot about estate planning and we talk about very specific areas about whether you need to establish a trust or what you need to do with your will. But we're going to talk a little bit more, a little bit more about the overall process of, of, of downsizing, of, of getting your affairs in order so that, uh, that you're not at the 11th hour trying to, for instance, qualify for Medicaid when you should have planned for that a long time past. So my question for you is, when do, when do you start this process? Well, I mean, in practical terms, you know, nobody likes to think that they're getting old um, by any means. And then there's people that live to 100 and there's people that live to 40. But w when is a practical time to start thinking about uh, your senior planning? Well, I think everyone starts, uh, regardless of what age that you start at, whether you start right after you get married or uh, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you're always planning for the future because you're out working you're taking some of the income that you've got and investing it and right. it's growing and so your lifestyle improves and things change and you keep uh, accumulating hoping that at the end of the day there's going to be sufficient assets that you can live out your life comfortably right and at the same time possibly leaving some something to the next generation so I believe everyone is really doing a certain amount of senior planning, but there comes a time in their life when it becomes critical. Okay. You hit a critical mass. And at that time, either you have planned properly mm -hmm. and can move ahead with that plan, or your whole life becomes disrupted and you have to change your lifestyle, where you're living, et cetera. So... 
Kind of the old uh, uh, failure to plan is planning to fail type of uh, philosophy. Exactly. So, you know, so we're talking about, um, <clears throat> let's just say that the critical mass comes at about the time of retirement. Okay. Uh, retirement's getting later and later. I, I hear people all the time talking about the retirement age increasing to 70 as opposed to 60, 65. Um, it's certainly possible in this day and age. People live a long time. So, you know, the kids are out of the house. You're, you're, you've, you're, you've retired from your primary profession if you can retire. A lot of professions out there have no retirement these days. Um, but what's the first step? What are you, what are you doing? You've, you've, put a, you've put aside money. You are going to collect Social Security, for, for now at least, and what happens? Well, even with Social Security, you've got to understand that the, um, uh, the age in which you retire under Social Security with full benefits has gone up. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's right now at 67 years old. 67, okay. So people may have been planning on retiring at age 65 with full retirement benefits, and now all of a sudden they find that it's not going to be full Social Security benefits, but it's going to be a partial because you're taking it early. And as you say, the life expectancy of individuals are increasing. People are staying in better health for a longer period of time, and so they're able to work much longer. But at the same time, we've got a group of young people that are coming up and they need the jobs and they are looking to move into management positions or whatever. Right. And so there's this great competition for whatever uh, wealth there is out there. So if you have, have planned, I mean, even with the best of planning, you may find sure. that it's not exactly the way you felt that you were going to be living at this time in your life. Well, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's difficult. I mean, you know, there's uh, there's you know, people always talk about retirement being a fixed income, and you know, during your working life, uh, you know, many people have the opportunity. If you want to make more money, you just go out and make more money. You know, if you're in sales, if you're, uh, you can always uh, do more. You can be an Uber driver. You can you can do stuff to make more money. But uh, when you're not working, you're not working. It's, your whole your plan is everything that's carrying you through. Um, let me ask you this. When you said when you take your Social Security benefits early, so you decide to take them at 65 instead of 67, does that mean that they're partial forever or they're just partial until you're 67 and then they become full? No, once they establish that retirement amount, I mean, when you retire, mm -hmm. then it is established. So you don't, you, you can't no, you, increase it. No, in, in two years when you turn 67, they don't up it to... Uh, uh, retirement at age 67. Okay, that's what I said. So that's something to seriously consider. If you have a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates about your senior planning, give us a call or a text on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line at 702-257-5396. We'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. Welcome back. I'm Brian Black talking to Brian Lowe of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. If you have a question for Brian, give us a call or a text on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text line at 702-257-5396. So, Brian, we're talking about senior planning, uh, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for someone that you love. 
Uh, right now, let's talk about somebody who's entering into the retirement period of life, or traditionally retirement period okay. of life. Somebody, uh, you, you may you may work until the day you die, and I know a lot of people who have and plan to. Um, we've talked about you know the Social Security age, what could happen at about that age. Uh, you've worked with many many people over the years during this entire process, uh, and I would imagine that a lot of those people start downsizing at some point. They. Yes, they do. You know, a lot of people like large homes and they like to uh, be recognized by the community that they're successful. And so they drive a nice car. They live in a nice home, a nice neighborhood. Right. uh, They go to the right restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, once you get to that point where you start thinking, well, you know, my bones are kind of hurting. I I don't know if I really want to get up this early in the morning. I, I think I'm going to start sleeping an extra hour. Or I'm already at that point. Just letting you know right now. <laughs> you're too you're too young for that. <laughs> but uh, you know, things start changing in their life, and and uh, uh, they can feel as though, hey, something is changing. I need to do whatever it takes to be able to survive. Right. From now until I die. You know, and comfort comes into it as well. I mean, a lot of times I, I've seen over the years, you go from the two-story house, which was so convenient when you had kids, well, you don't need that anymore, and you want to go to a single level so you don't have to climb stairs all day. That's right. They may get some arthritis or bad knees or or whatever, and they, they just cannot get up those stairs. Another thing is that uh, just the simple act of house cleaning, you know, when you, when, you know, when you're trying to enjoy your retirement, let's just say on a purely selfish term, you don't want to spend all your time cleaning a large home. You want to, you want to get to a point where, you, you know, you can take care of it, but you don't have to exert a bunch of effort. Or taking care of the yard. Yes. I mean, you have a home and that's a great responsibility that you have, uh, to keep it up. Oh, absolutely. Out there kneeling in the rocks, trying to trim bushes and, and do all of that stuff. I, I don't like doing that now, and I can't imagine liking it when I'm 65 or 70 years old. Yeah, and so a lot of people, when they uh, get to that point, they start thinking in terms of selling that big home mm-hmm. and downsizing to uh, something much smaller. Uh, there are issues that come up when you're thinking in terms of selling a home because... Right. If you've run out of money and you have a home mm-hmm. uh, and you now all of a sudden need assistance, 24 7, 24/7 assistance, right. now you have a problem if you have too much in the way of assets. Right. And so people sometimes have to spend down their assets. But when you're um, uh, spending it down, you're spending it down so that you possibly can can take advantage of governmental benefits. Right. And specifically, that would be Medicaid. So if you can't afford uh, the assistance that you need, and but you need 24-7 or whatever kind of care, then if you are in a poverty level, then you can go out and you can uh, apply for Medicaid assistance and, and the government will will pick up a big portion of the of the tab. Well, you know, when we first started talking about that subject, I was thinking, oh, wow, you've got a big house. You want to move into a smaller house. It's very simple. You sell your big house. You've got all this equity in your house. You've got a bunch of money. That's a great thing. But it could actually interfere with your plans if you do need uh, certain types of medical assistance. Well, yes. And as, as long as uh, you've got a certain amount of wealth, mm-hmm. 
then there is no Medicaid assistance right. that is available. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at a- available assets for Medicaid purposes, the house is an exempt asset set, so they don't even look at the house. Right. But the minute you sell that house, mm-hmm. now Medicaid will make sure that you spend down those proceeds that you got from the house before Medicaid will step in and give any assistance. So sometimes you have to consider, do I want to keep the house and have it be an exempt asset and so at least I have the house or do I want to sell it and now I have to spend it down until I have less than $2,000 in assets. Well, and uh, medical expenses are very, very expensive. So you could quite literally blow through all the profit on a house sale very quickly. Yes, you could. Now, you know, most people are covered when they turn 65 by uh, Medicare, mm-hmm. and Medicare is a good program, and it uh, is taking care of of uh, most of our seniors, but there are others that are not covered by, uh, uh, by Medicare because they're on some um, insurance plan that is, was not I mean, they didn't pay into the, the system during their their lifetime, but okay. they work for a, a non-social uh, uh, security type of a program. So. Okay, I see. And so, uh, uh, but Medicare will take most of the medical bills and take care of them, hospitalization. But there's a limited number of time that you can stay in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And that's 100 days. And once you reach that, now they will move you out and say, now you're on your own. You've got to be out there. You've got to pay the bill if you stay in the hospital. And so you're starting to use up, I mean, spend all your money. Mm -hmm. And once you've spent all your money, then uh, you can apply for Medicaid. And you can always spend it faster than you saved it. You know, something that took you 40 years to save could go pretty quickly. It can. You know, the uh, most most of the time when people are doing some some senior type of planning, they, they want to downsize. So what they will do is they will uh, start looking at assisted living. Right. And so instead of, of uh, spending the money and taking care of their own uh, um Residents, they will find a place that they can move into. There is a staff there that will check on you on a daily basis. Right. They will have three good meals a day. They will provide uh, uh, certain cultural and social activities. Mm-hmm. And you pay a monthly fee and you live there and there's someone that's overseeing you. And for, for most of the seniors, that's that's what they need. They, they just need a place where people will make sure that if they fall, uh, there's going to be somebody there to pick them up. Right. And, you know, like you say, all the social activity, all of the, the you, know, not, you don't have to do your own yard work, you no know, but you work. still have to live in a nice place. And um, and you do have that, that sense of community that, that might fall away as you get older. So what do you do with the house in that situation, though? Well, it's all in the planning here. Right. If, if it appears that you're going to need... Uh, uh, 24-7 care, um, you, you make decisions based upon getting that care. And so right. oftentimes people will come to uh, to lawyers that are involved in, in elder law right. and will start planning for that transition period. But if a person has assets or they have sufficient assets that they think they can get, get through, 
maybe they want to keep the house, but they want to get the money out of the house. And mm-hmm. so there are things like a reverse mortgage right. uh, where now the the banks will pay them a certain number of dollars a month, which will assist them in their stay in the home. So that's actually like a real thing. That's I oh, mean, that I, is. I, I mean, bet. it's like a, not a bad thing. I just assumed it was a horrible senior scam. Every time I see those no, on no. TV, no, 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 no. They uh, the people will will they don't have to make a mortgage payment. The bank makes the mortgage payment to them. Right. And they're buying out the house basically. And they're getting a loan on that house. Mm -hmm. And each month it goes up and up and, but they can live in the home without paying any mortgage for the, for their lifetime. And if they plan it right, the reverse mortgage will uh, supplement, let's say what you're getting on your pension and, or your, your social security and you get sufficient funds and it works. Interesting. Interesting. I learned something new just then. I just... Anyway, so if you'd like to learn something new and you have a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give us a call or a text on the Centennial Toyota Talk & Text line at 702-257-5396. We'll be right back on Ask the Experts. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. Welcome back. I'm Brian Black talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for Brian about senior planning today, give us a call or a text on the Centennial Toyota Talk & Text line at 702-257-5396. Kathy is on line one, and she'd like to make a comment about assisted living. Kathy. Hey, good morning, Brian. Good Good morning. morning. How are you doing? The double Brian. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How Um, are you doing? I'm doing great. I hope you guys are doing good, too. So what Uh, would you like to tell us? Okay, I have spent years working as a certified nurse assistant in in assisted living facilities. Yes. And being in there and uh, knowing what goes on in the background, uh, you really don't want to go to assisted living. Okay. afford it. Um, It's statistically proven that you will live longer doing home health care. If you need assistance 24 hours, there's plenty of agencies that will give you round-the-clock assistance. Somebody comes in your home. They can take you to the bingo parlor or casino where you want to go. But uh, trust me, you do not want to go to assisted living facilities. You really do not get one-on-one care. Well, I appreciate that, uh, Kathy. And I think when I was mentioning assisted living, I wasn't thinking of the one-on-one care. This is uh, as a start for a lot of people. <clears throat> they would just want to move out of their home. They don't want to, to do the lawn, clean the house. They'd like to have someone uh, fix them food. And so right. they're not looking for nursing assistance. What they're looking for is is someone that's close by that if they did have a problem, uh, fell or or didn't show up for for dinner that night, that the, someone would knock on their door and ask, you know, is everything okay? Now that is generally the the first level, and of course there are other levels where you now have to have some uh, certain amount of nursing care, not 24-7, but you need some someone to make sure that you're taking your medications, et cetera, et cetera. And so that would probably be the next level. And then you move on to where you need full nursing care and uh, even memory care. So uh, there are uh, things change, and as things change, you may need more and more. But when yeah. I mentioned assisted living, I was talking about that first step. 
Oh, okay, because there's assisted livings that will go through the whole. Ind- you 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 move in independent care all the way through assisted living. That, so, that is but, correct, um, and some fun, some facilities are that way where you don't have to uh, to move in, and once you need that next level, you you have to move to a new location, and they will right. have different levels right there, and will move you through it. Right, but I mean, if um, you know, if I, it was me. Um, I, I tell my children, never put me in assisted living. Give me the 24-hour care or the home health care because you definitely get better quality food because you're shopping for the for the client. Client can go with you. Right. And it's, I, I just don't justify spending three to $5,000 a month living somewhere when you can have comfort of your own home or apartment or wherever you're living, have somebody to come in and know you personally, your needs, your vices, exactly your taste. You're not going to get that assisted living. You have to eat uh, get a couple of choices on the menu. But as far as everything else, I just, me, because I've worked in it, I don't recommend it. Right. Well, and I, I understand, Kathy, and, and you certainly have a good point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I, I have clients, I, I took care of one client that uh, uh, wanted 24-7 care in her own home, and I took care of her for five and a half years and it was costing her estate anywhere from uh, 18000 to $20,000 a month for the kind of care she needed wow. in her own home. I have another client that just started the same kind of routine uh, 24-7 and we put it out for bid to try to find people, I mean, a, a group that could take care of 24-7 kind of care right. in own home and they were saying for the level that she needed, it was $600 per day. And so you no, 30 no, days, now we're still back up around the 18000 per month. No, that's just, no. You can find people that will come in that are licensed, certified, clean background, the whole gamble for, like, uh, uh, I would say two-thirds of that cost. 18000 18000 is excessive. And and I agree. I I hate to be paying this, and my, and my clients are using up their their funds very quickly at that rate. Exactly. I mean, but most, but most we it's not it's not us. We put it out and try to find good people. But right, right. But, no, that's way too much. Normally, assisted living is anywhere from two hundred to fifty a day. Well, and if you have uh, a, a, there's a difference between assisted living and twenty four seven. And so, uh, you know, you can't have one person going 24-7 if you're no. really needing to look over them. And then, then the person who is giving care needs a respite, and, and right. they need to have uh, a, a, a retirement plan of their own. And, they, I mean, there's all of these factors that raise the cost of, uh, of home health care. Well, yeah, thank- I mean... Kathy, thank you very much. We're going to have to move on to our next subject. We really appreciate your perspective. Yeah, Kathy, thanks for calling. So that actually gets me into my my next question that I was going to ask you. That is very interesting. I did not realize that it can go that high. We're $18,000 a month for 24-7 care. $600 $600 a day. That's that's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, obviously... Now, now you've got to understand that here they're providing three individuals... In a 24-hour period. Right. And those three people 
have to earn some kind of a decent wage and the and the company that is is making the payroll and and paying the taxes and providing uh, health insurance sure. for that individual and providing uh, um vacation time and and uh, has a backup in case they get sick and they can't make it there's there there are all these factors and so you think six hundred dollars a day but you're looking at you're getting a lot three eight hour periods when we come back (laughs) we're going to go further into the uh, discussion of senior care give us a call or a text on the centennial toyota talk and text line at 702-257-5396 we'll be back with brian a low on ask the experts now back to ask the experts on news talk 720 kdwn Welcome back. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. We're talking about senior planning. We had a great call from Kathy a little while ago. She made a very good point about, uh, you know, she she had a very strong opinion about what she considered to be the best route. and, And it really served to highlight how many different decisions that you need to make when you're talking about your senior planning. There was somebody who had worked within the healthcare industry, and she said that she, I believe she was talking about like nursing homes, correct? Yeah, she was. I think she was talking about nursing homes, but that that gets to the point where you need, uh, you know, a certain number of uh, registered in, uh, nurses, uh, physicians on staff, this kind of thing that will oversee them. And and she's right. I mean, and there's different levels of nursing homes, and some of these nerf, nursing homes. Uh, I would never put anyone that I know into one of those nursing homes. Right. But there are others that do a great job. Mm-hmm. But with the improvement of that you're looking for and the better the better program for some of these nursing homes, you have to pay just a little more. Well, yeah, you don't have, you know, and I think that a lot of people, they wouldn't like to think that they would do this, but they see the price tag and they want to go for the lowest common denominator, and that's not necessarily the right choice. Well, and they, because Medicaid is available, if if they are eligible for Medicaid, Medicaid will be the one that makes a lot of those decisions. Mm-hmm. And so you want to plan as much as you can sure. <laughs> with your own resources so that you can can control your lifestyle. Right. Now, you know, some people will have in-home uh, health care, and then they will have someone from hospice that will stop by. And we've got clients in that situation where hospice stops in. They'll have a, an RN that'll stop in maybe three days a week mm-hmm. and check their vitals and make sure that everything is going okay and that and that the uh, in, in-home a person that's assisting them is doing what they need done, and and so they're monitored, and that can be a very good avenue. Now, in my office, uh, every Thursday I have a person that goes out, and uh, they go around to these assisted living facilities. They go to nursing homes. They go to a lot of uh, senior uh, facilities. And we go in and yes, it is kind of a marketing thing for us because we can talk to them and let them know that, uh, that we're available for legal services. But on right. the other hand, we're looking at them and we're evaluating them and, and determining, can we send our, our clients to them if they need what this particular, uh, 
living care will provide. So you do this every week? You're every Thursday, yes. Every Thursday, we 52 have somebody weeks on a year, the road every Thursday. Uh, evaluating these facilities. You have clients that are in the facilities or in the, 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 uh, the assisted living uh, centers. And when I do have clients in these centers, uh, I do in-facility in appointments. So I'll go out and visit with them, make sure that everything is happening correctly. You know, one of the things that I feel like is is needs to be pointed out during the course of this hour is that there are many different points during this process when you need to make an important decision. And, you know, whether it's at the very beginning, you know, uh, before you've before you even uh, b- before it's even on the horizon uh, for your planning for the future, the time that you start entering into that retirement age, the 60s, the 70s, the you know, that that age when you need to start thinking about how you need to plan around this. And then of course they, they become, they start coming a little more rapidly when you, you start having health problems, when you start having family issues, when you, you know, if you have a spouse that dies, if you have this or that, there's a lot of times that you're going to need advice. That's right. And you know, a lot of people, when they see uh, that they're going to need some kind of assistance and they find out that yes, there is a Medicaid program uh, but you have to qualify financially to get involved in Medicaid, so you have a huge spend down. And so what they will do is they will make gifts to their children. They'll say, why don't, why don't you take this money? Or why don't you move in, uh, take the house? Or why don't you? Right. So they're getting rid of their assets with this idea that they're spending down and qualifying. And sometimes people will come in and say, well, I, I'm now eligible because I don't have anything. And I said, well, tell me what has happened. Have you uh, made any gifts over the last five years? Well, yes, I gave the car to this child and I gave uh, a bank account and I gave some stocks. And and I said, oh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Medicaid is not available to someone who has has made themselves indigent by giving things away. Well, yeah, because and that's, so they're that's penalized. scheming the system. Yeah, that's they, right. They don't want that. <laughs> they don't want that. And so there are some disincentives for making gifts. So if, you're, if you are thinking in terms of wanting to pass certain things on, you really need some some legal advice as to how you can work this out and still be taken care of for life. It's a complicated subject, and everybody's story is different. You it know, is. it doesn't. You know, you might have a lot of property, but not a lot of money. You may have a lot of money and not a lot of property. You may have not a lot of anything. You may have to. You know, you may be in a situation where all you've got is the house, or you've you've got uh, you know, like you say, a business or assets that you want to pass on to somebody else, and there's it's really a math problem and and you you know what you need to do is you need to talk to somebody could be anybody and somebody who knows what they're talking about and they they can say okay well if you do this then this is what's going to happen and here's option b if you do this then this is what's going to happen and then you can make an informed decision that's correct so just like we say at you know every show that we've done here if someone wants to talk to you what does it cost to come in and talk to me and have a consultation, initial consultation, we don't charge for that. If there is something that needs to be done, then we will tell them what needs to be done, what we can do, what we can, how much it would cost for us to do it, and then we, the question will be, do you want us to do it? 
And this is one of your specialties, correct? That is correct. So you've been doing elder law, you've been doing senior planning for many, many years, and as you say, you have people who are dedicated every week to go out and evaluate assisted living communities. You've done wills and trusts for many long years. This is something that you can give them real honest advice about that can save them money and make their life better, correct? That's right. So, as we've talked about during the course of this hour, uh, senior planning is is very complicated, and you never know when you're going to when it's going to need. You know, I mean, I know people who have didn't start acting old until they were in their 90s. You know, and so they didn't really need a they. I shouldn't say they didn't need a plan. They needed a plan. They didn't need to execute their plan until much later in life. But you know. You said that it's very complicated, and that's really true. And the complication comes from the fact that the government does have certain programs that if you violate any of the rules, mm-hmm. then you're penalized and you're not going to get the get the benefit of, of those those programs. And so you really need to get some advice early so you don't violate any of those rules and rules and get kicked out of the system. If you'd like to make an appointment for a free consultation with Brian A. Lowen Associates, please give them a call at 702-259-0002, or you can visit them online at southernnevadalawyers.com. We'll be back next week with another episode, excuse me, with another episode of Ask the Experts with Brian A. Lowe.